Welcome to the Business of You podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Gogos. This podcast is dedicated to helping you uncover how to turn your big idea into big business and grow your personal brand into the business of your dreams. Each week, I'll talk to founders of all kinds of businesses, exploring how they launched and grew their companies. Behind every successful business is an epic journey, one that can serve as a roadmap to help you grow yours. The Business of You is all about frank conversations and unique business wisdom for the entrepreneur. It's a chance to tune into the story behind the brand and retrace the path of those who walked this road before you so you can pave your own road to success. Welcome to The Business of You. Hello, my friends. Today on The Business of You, I have Carolyn Betts, who is an authority on hiring. She founded her company, Betts, named after herself, which is a nationwide technology and recruitment services firm in 2010. She has built quite an empire in the last 12 years because she has such a knack for spotting top talent and pairing them with the ideal company, which has led for her to be a trusted resource in the SaaS marketplace. She ensures that every partner who comes to Betts thrives. As part of this success, Carolyn has helped clients make key hires and navigate the ever-changing hiring landscape brought on by the current Great Resignation movement. Tune in today and you'll hear us talk about the Great Resignation as well as what it takes to keep key talent at your company. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of The Business of You. Hello, Carolyn. So nice to have you today with me on The Business of You. How's your day going so far? It's great, Rachel. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm excited to dive in. You are certainly at the uh, center of a hot topic, which is recruitment, right? Yes, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's interesting times now. And, uh, you know, with the great reshuffling and, you know, a lot of people trying to figure out where they want to go in their career and companies trying to figure out what the future of building uh, their organizations is really going to look like. Yeah, it is definitely a huge question mark for so many, especially as the world's gone so virtual. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Right. And um, yeah, we've gone from bullpens and, you know, office dynamics to, you know, trying to figure out of, you know, each company really has to figure out their own individual strategy about, you know, building teams, how they're going to work together, whether it's, you know, in-person, remote, hybrid, all the things and, and how to appeal to top talent and what exactly talent is looking for in the market. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It's a two-way street, right? <laughs> absolutely. Carolyn, would love to hear a part of your backstory and how you got into starting your company. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, as we were talking earlier, I, I live in Austin, Texas, and I'm from the Bay Area. And um, I grew up kind of a natural sales person. Um, so I fell into sales right out of college, uh, had always really had a knack for it. And um after my first job, which was actually selling yellow pages in the book, uh, which a lot of people at my company, you know, don't even know what they were. I mean, when we were kids, we would like sit on them, you know? Oh, I remember them. (laughs) And, um, and then, you know, I fell into recruiting, um, you know, one year out of college and, uh, ended up going to careerbuilder.com, which is, um, you know, a, 
it was job board and um, resume database and a really great uh, resource for companies to build, um, you know, all kinds of teams. And um, although, you know, you would post a job and you get hundreds and hundreds of applicants, very few that were qualified. People had, you know, a little bit of a needle in a haystack. And, you know, at that point I did some soul searching and I had been in recruiting at a boutique firm four years before I had gone to career builder. And I just thought, you know what, um, there's a better way to be, you know, building companies and building teams and a much more personalized approach of, you know, really getting to know the hiring managers, their stories, and, you know, what type of teams they're building, their companies, what their vision is, and, and going out to the talent in a much more um, personalized and constructive way and understanding what those people are looking for and making the right matches. And um, so that was the ethos of the company at the beginning and you know, right place, right time. I got up and running end of 09, went full-time beginning of 2010. Uh, you know, here we are 2022 and uh, 13 years into this journey, um, you know, the company has evolved quite a bit since, you know, me in my, you know, one bedroom apartment, you know, bringing on all the clients to, you know, close to hundred people across the country uh, in the organization, working with thousands of tech companies to build their go-to-market teams. Oh, wow. Quite a journey you've had there. Thank you. Do you focus on all types of tech? Like who's your ideal so, customer? Yeah. So we work mostly with venture backed growth stage technology companies, uh, everything from, you know, kind of seed stage, you get, you know, a few million bucks and, you know, funding, uh, you have product market fit and you're hiring those first few people to really take the product to market after the initial founder-led sales, uh, all the way up to, you know, we have a few public companies, um, you know, ADP, Cisco, um, Shopify, uh, those are all clients of ours and everything in between, you know, series A, B, C, and you're working with them throughout the evolutions of their companies to build them for the next level of scale. Mm-hmm. That's great. I always say just about my own agency that it's, you know, we build WordPress websites, you know, it's very much like a commoditized world that I'm living in. Mm -hmm. And I feel like recruitment could be kind of in that same category, right? There's a lot of recruitment companies out there. So how have you differentiated your company and your brand over the years? Because it sounds like you've done an amazing job. That's, you know. Well, thank you, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, recruitment is a very low barrier to entry industry, right? Mm -hmm. you, all you really need is a computer, some relationships, yes. and you get out there. Um, a lot of recruitment is contingency. So you just sign a contract saying, hey, if I find you some somebody you pay. Um, you know, we, we've gotten away from that model at bets. Generally people pay, uh, you know, a little bit upfront to have, have some mutual skin in the game. Um, you know, and one of the things that you had pointed out to me earlier in our conversation was, you know, changing the future of recruiting. And so, you know, continuously innovating and understanding what the market bears. And um, so I think also, you know, it, it's, Anyone can say this, right? But it's like doing very good work, not being a transactional mindset. I think a lot of recruiters get a bad reputation for just, you know, square peg, round hole. Let's make a placement. You know, let's get, you know, this deal done. And I think when you generally care about the relationships with the companies, the hiring people, et cetera, and the talent, and then you really help people, you know, advance their careers, their companies, those same people that hired from us 
in the early days, as they go to a new company and new company, they continue to come back to us because of the quality of the work and, you know, the, the connection that we made and the great talent. Uh, and the talent also comes back to us as well. You know, somebody that we found an SDR job, which is an entry level salesperson, you know, 13 years ago or 10 years ago is now likely a hiring manager, right? And so, um, you know, and then also, you know, we've been innovating throughout the years. So we've created our own SaaS platform, which is a subscription where companies can log in, access all the talent and data. So we allow our companies and our clients to scale with us. So some of those larger companies that I mentioned, um, you know, Cloudflare is another one of them. You know, they don't use our incumbent service business. They, you know, have a diff- we have a different way of servicing them, which is a lot more efficient and less uh, high touch with our, our people, but with the same high quality of talent and data and information for them to access. Okay, that's awesome. So is, is that a subscription basis? access to that tool? Okay. Exactly. Yes. And we integrate with uh, Greenhouse and Lever, which are applicant tracking systems. And uh, we also have a just-in-time inventory model. So as companies are scaling up, we have a way to spin up the talent in a, you know, in a, in a way where we don't have a ton of inventory just sitting on the shelf and people not getting reached out to for jobs. I use the dating app analogy, right? You put yourself on, you know, Bumble or whatever it is and no dates come your way. It's going to be a negative experience. So we spin up the talent at the right place at the right time to match with the companies as they're scaling up as well. Okay. And so can any company uh, join that platform? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's just like any SaaS platform where, sure. you know, if you're hiring, uh, you talk to our, our sales team, we go through exactly what it is that you're looking for. We show you how you can access all the talent and the data. And then, yeah, you, you know, sign a contract and mm-hmm. you're off to the races. Mm-hmm. Had, have you in, or had you um, encountered challenges in scaling your business in the early days? Yeah, you know, I think that in a people-driven services business, um, you know, the people that you hire and the team that you build is so important to the future success, right? And so what we've really done at Bets is have a huge priority on, you know, hiring, training, leadership development, continuous growth is one of our values. So people come into the organization and we invest considerably in, you know, first of all, teaching them how to be, you know, the EQ side of our business, teaching them, you know, the day-to-day of how to, you know, go about using all the tools and how to, you know, talk to people, learning about all the clients that we work with, et cetera. And then once they get that down, you're really creating career paths individually customized for all of our employees. Because when you build a company, if you're continuously having to hire and, and you know, it's, it's so meta, right? Because we are also hiring and building our organization and trying to retain our people as we're helping other companies do the same thing. And so, you know, we are in a fortunate position where we get to see what works and what doesn't and um, take the best practices from what we've seen with other organizations and bring them into our own. Yeah, no, that is very fortunate. You get the behind the scenes of so many different companies. Exactly. How would you define your personal brand? So the attributes of your personality that, um, you know, that you use within your work. Yeah, you know, so for me, and, you know, everyone's different, right? And I am the same exact person at Bets 
because I am in my personal life. I have very little um, differentiation between who I am as Carolyn Betts, CEO of Betts, and who I am. Um, and, you know, it can be interesting in, in uh, personal relationships where, you know, I'm out and about and, you know, people really associate me with Betts. And, you know, at Betts, I, I bring my real, authentic, true self uh, to work. And, you know, for the, this is kind of a funny example, but, um, you know, I, I, I was, I was married for a long time and I was going through a personal transition and, um, and, you know, I just, I told my team and I, and, you know, I was super nervous that people were going to, you know, be like, I don't know what they thought. Cause I just, you know, identified myself as somebody that was, you know, married. And, um, I came out and I told people like, Hey, I'm, you know, parting ways and this is what I'm doing. And, and the way that my team reacted to the authenticity of being a real human and going through human things, I actually think they had a better connection to me and the company and where we're going as an organization. So, you know, to sum it up, it's just authenticity, bringing my real self, building true genuine relationships with all of my employees, the people that we represent, our clients, um, and just people in the community in general, and really caring about people as individuals and, and um, not having a transactional mindset about the business or the relationships that we have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think um, when you can be your most authentic self in the workplace, it just brings so much joy to your work too. Absolutely. Yeah. I think, you know, a lot of people struggle with feeling like they have to leave parts of their personality at home, right? Um, They can't necessarily bring it to work, but when you can meld the two, um, it just brings way more satisfaction to life. Absolutely. How do you think your team would define you? Oh, wow. Okay. Um, (laughs) I think very similarly to, you know, very engaged, um, that I'm, you know, incredibly involved, well-connected. I always get these messages from my team. Do you actually know this person? Everyone says they know you. And I'm like, yes, you know, I I do. I've been in this, you know, I'm 41 years old. And um, so I think they they really are inspired by the relationships and the connections and the, you know, genuine nature of how we do things at Bets. And I think they... um, they see the energy and the passion that I bring to what we do. And I think it inspires them to bring the same, um, the same commitment to providing, you know, amazing work and, and just real genuine connections with people. Mm-hmm. Is your team, uh, Carolyn, virtual or do you have an office space that you work out of? Yeah. So before COVID, mm-hmm. uh, we were pretty much 100% in person. We had physical offices. Our headquarters were San Francisco. We had an office in Los Angeles, Chicago, Manhattan, and here in Austin, Texas. And when COVID hit, um, you know, our business was affected pretty dramatically. Um, when March, when Shelter-in-Place um, came into play, 90% of our clients froze hiring. And, um, you know, from February to April, our revenue followed in, in the same way. And so we were, you know, cutting costs, et cetera. And so as leases expired, we transitioned out of them because everyone was remote, um, you know, until it was safe and people felt comfortable, you know, potentially going back into offices. So what we have now is, um, 
It's a choose your own adventure. So we have office space here in Austin and we have it still in Manhattan. And the people who choose to can go in you know, as much as they want, but the offices are open uh, generally two days a week on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And people that want to go in and be a part of the team generally, also the more junior people. Uh, we also found that a lot of the people in Manhattan specifically really wanted to go into an office. They you know, live in a city. They don't have as much outdoor space. They don't have you know a dedicated office to themselves and uh, with lots of times living with roommates and especially in a business like this where you're on the phone and on Zoom and talking all day long. You know, there's a lot of noise going on. Um, so, and then, you know, anyone who wants to be remote can be remote. And then we get the team actually on Monday, uh, I'm flying out to Los Angeles and we're bringing the whole company together. Our leadership team gets there Tuesday, everyone else Wednesday and Thursday, we're together and people go home to wherever they're from on Friday. Um, so we do these summits twice a year. Uh, we did one in Mexico um, earlier this year. We did Texas last year. And, and so we make an effort to bring everyone together uh, in person um, to kind of make up for some of the the disconnect that we might have in the virtual world. Yeah, no, I totally can relate to that. It, and it's it, really special time together too, right? And, you know, people really get to know each other. Um, we make it, you know, fun. We lay out the vision, uh, you know, updates since the last summit, the vision of where we're going, um, you know, get people's ideas, get everyone to come together. Um, and, you know, I think people leave really feeling inspired and bought into where it is that we're going as an organization. And, and we're very transparent about the things that we tried that worked, what didn't, and, you know, how we're moving forward as a company and people can see the real traction that we're making, which is very exciting. Um, and I feel like people really look forward to that where sometimes, you know, in, pre-COVID where it's like, okay, button seat, you know, by 9 a.m. And, you know, people, you know, feel stressed about getting to work on time and, you know, then getting out of there. And uh, we've actually also been able to attract a lot more diverse and different talent. People would have that have children that live further outside the big cities that might not want to drive into an office, people that don't necessarily have cars, et cetera. Um, you know, to, which has been like a huge um, learning from, you know, how limited the talent pool is when you have to come into an office every day. Yeah, absolutely. How have you, how do you choose where to expand and where to locate your next uh, physical office? So we're not opening any more physical offices. And generally what we did before was, um, you know, there's certain areas that, so we do go to market. So sales, marketing, customer success for growth stage technology companies. And so there's certain hubs, you know, so San Francisco, California, San Francisco, Los Angeles, um, New York, right? And then Austin and Chicago, uh, Nashville was another one, uh, Salt Lake. There's certain places where a lot of companies build sales offices where you know, they can attract talent. They're great cities, but a little bit less expensive than you know California and New York, for example. But interestingly enough, Rachel, we've seen the salaries really level, even, you know, even the cost of living hasn't really changed geographically um, as much. It's changed a little bit, um, but the salaries have become a lot more, a lot closer. I mean, there's still discrepancy based on cost of living, but it's interesting to see that now in this remote world uh, where you live plays less, uh, you know, 
plays less into what you're compensated as opposed to your skill set and what you're going to bring to the table. Is that because more people are working virtually? So it doesn't really yes. matter where they're located or? Exactly. And a lot more people are moving. So, you know, for example, I, you know, told you I moved from San Francisco to Texas a little over two years ago. And you know, a lot of people that lived in big cities are leaving. Well, if you already lived in Texas and you have a, you know, skill set, you're like, okay, well, uh, so the, the people that are moving from, um, you know, the coast into, you know, places like Texas or uh, Florida, um, Tennessee, et cetera, a lot of these no, zero income tax states, um, they still want their uh, California and New York salaries and they're getting them in the market, which then drives up, you know, for the other people as well. Um, so it's a really interesting dynamic that came into play as, you know, the pot started turning and, um, you know, talent realized they didn't have to live in these expensive cities. And when you're locked down, the expensive cities, when you don't get the benefit of being in the city, the restaurants and the vibrance, et cetera, and you don't have a lot of space, you know, a lot of people are like, okay, I'm going to go somewhere else. Oh yeah, (laughs) absolutely. Can you share some tips? Because I, I hear constantly how people are struggling to find, you know, good employees, Um, and retain them, it would be great if you could share some tips with our audience about what you've seen or, you know, even what you've done at BETS um, to attract and and retain great employees. Yeah, so I think it's really, you know, first of all, like having a value-based culture of, you know, and, you know, everyone has their values, right? But I think a big question is, you know, does everybody in your company understand what those values are? And when, um, and also having a great, a very clear path of your company, what the culture is, what you're going to, what the talent gets from you. You know, back when, I, you know, we started working a long time ago, it was, you know, you go to work for the company, right? And it's, um, and now it's a lot more of a, you know, synergistic thing where you know, really, what is the company going to bring to me? And so as a organization that's trying to attract top talent, really understanding your story and being able to explain to them why, how you're going to benefit them, their career, their skill set, their earning potential, where they're going to be able to go from there and having, a, you know, a mission and a vision that people are really aligned with on where they're going. How would you uh, suggest that people really bring life to their values within an organization? Yeah, right. I mean, like we mentioned, there's not like um, a lot of you know, a lot of people have gone more virtual because uh, you know a lot of people had them on the wall, but like, and then but you'd be like, what are our values? And everyone's like, oh, like. <laughs> Uh, what are they? Well, sometimes they can name one or something, you know, I <laughs> different people. Uh, you know, and so what we've done is, so there's a few things. So when people interview at BETS, part of the interview process is to, you know, as they're presenting, is like, which value are you most aligned with at BETS? And, you know, and they, you know, it's part, they have time to prepare and look through them. And so it's, even before they start, they're already personally identifying with what our values are, right? And so, um, 
you know, people first, love what you do, continuous growth, trust the process. And there's one more. I'm like, because I'm on the spot, I'm not naming it. And then as people work here, we have this uh, program called Bonusly and it's on Slack. And everyone and people get what we call bets bucks. And there's a real dollar value associated with them that they can buy anything they want. Um, you know, it could be a gift card. It could be uh, somebody bought a Peloton and you, you get these and, and everybody in the company can and shout people out. Now, when you shout somebody out, you have to attach it to one of our values. Oh, expect excellence was the last one. Okay. <laughs> and so, you know, somebody does a really great job with a client and, you know, you can also tag like love what you do slash expect excellence, trust the process. And so every day as people are getting these shout outs and rewards uh, on Slack and through Bonusly, um, they're also celebrating the values. Um, so it's part of our everyday conversation conversation as an organization. Oh, that's amazing. And, and then when you have the um, your summits, do you also like reinforce the values there when you're all in person again? Absolutely. So every all hands, um, we walk through our mission, our vision, our values, our diversity statement. Um, and then we also have a vision um, for the year um, that we walk through as well. Um, and then we go through all the updates of like, you know, what's going on in marketing or what's going on in sales and um, with our our product, the, you know, VP of product and engineering, um, our CFO or sorry, COO did um, a whole presentation on, you know, the economy, right? And what's happening. And so just, you know, continued education, but the values are always at the forefront of the beginning of, of when we set the tone for any, you know, meeting that we have. Mm-hmm. What's your process like of of establishing your annual vision? Is that something you do on your own or do you consult with the rest of your management team? So generally, Patrick, who is the COO and I uh, work together on that. And then we get together with our executive team and get them to buy in. And once everyone's on the same page, we then bring it to the management team, um, get their feedback and then uh, disperse it to the rest of the team. Um, We did that earlier this year at our summit in February. And now uh, next week, we're going to talk about where we're going on the back half of the year. No, that's great. Yeah, it's that six months time, right? Where everybody's looking at things again and analyzing and adjusting. Exactly. And the market conditions are interesting, right, Rachel? It's like, okay, you know, we did not expect for, you know, the, (laughs) for this, um, you know, things, the pendulum to swing so far. So, you know, really realigning on, you know, hey, this is still our vision. This is still where we're going. And, um, you know, getting everyone pumped that, um, you know, despite the market conditions, there's still considerable opportunity, um, you know, within our industry and our market. Yeah. What, what, what have you, and maybe Patrick, um, how all have you kind of recession proofed your business, if you will? That's interesting, right? Um, so I think we're in a fortunate position that we work in tech and, um, you know, a lot of these companies, um, they raise money and the expectation is to, you know, build their go-to-market teams and go. Now, some of the venture-backed companies have paused, um, but, you know, we have really great strategies of identifying who is hiring, who's raised funding, where they, where they are in the process. Also, you know, working with a lot of, um, you know, 
in addition to all the U.S.-based venture-backed growth stage technology companies, uh, ones from, you know, overseas that are looking to expand here in the U.S. But, you know, and so um, I, I don't think the recruitment industry is recession proof necessarily. Um, but I think that because we're in this niche of, you know, very specific go to market revenue generating people that take a little while to ramp up in a high turnover industry uh, with well-funded companies, we definitely have a huge advantage through economic um, shifting conditions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's good. Um, one other question that keeps popping into my mind as we're talking is I know many, um, many companies are challenged by this particular generation, the younger generation of employees, you know, coming up the, uh, the totem pole. Do you have any tips or any thoughts on, again, like ways to really be enticing to this younger generation and, and ways to keep them motivated and engaged within the workplace? Yes. And, you know, so I think that it, it's having a talent first, you know, or the, one, our first and leading value is people first and understanding, you know, we can all sit around and be like, oh, millennials, this generation, these people are awesome and they want to feel valued and that their work matters and that they're a part of something bigger than themselves and that they're going to grow. And so, you know, understanding, you know, and, and we have the, you know, like I mentioned, this kind of choose your own adventure at bets. When you come into the organization, we then outline your career path and what you have to do at each level and stage. So people are, you know, hitting and, and it's, you know, a meritocracy, you hit these goals and you get promoted and they continue to get promoted and grow and make more money, get more equity. And they get to feel like they are, and they actually are really growing their career, their skill sets, et cetera. A company that still has that old school mentality of you work here and this is your job. And, you know, even if you have amazing training without career development and growth and people really being bought in to the company and where you're going, uh, you're going to have a huge turnover issue and people aren't going to want to work there and they're not going to be bought into what it is that you're doing and where you're going. Yeah. No, I think it's brilliant that you're, that you do that, that choose your own adventure and you outline somebody's career path right from the get-go. It sounds like it makes it very clear to them what they need to do to get to the next level too. Exactly. Yes. And they get to see it, you know, every all hands, we celebrate all the promotions and, you know, and the manager of that person will, you know, tell everybody in the company why they deserve the promotion and, you know, congratulate them and, you know, thank them for all their hard work, which is then inspiring to the rest of the organization. And, you know, everyone gets their turn as they do great work, you know, work well with our clients, build the genuine, genuine relationships with the talent. Um, you know, everyone gets the, the praise and the growth. And um, you know, it, it all becomes a very cohesive way to really get people to be bought in. And um, and that's it. And, and then also the work-life balance, right? Uh, and really making sure that people understand that, you know, we have a flexible vacation policy. We encourage everyone uh, after two years, every year, we give, you know, a 
a week that where we pay for their actual vacation. So we make sure they take a whole week. Now, obviously they can take as much vacation as they want, as long as they're getting their job done and hitting you know, all the things. Um, but this one week we actually pay for their flight, you know, activities, hotel, uh, meals, et cetera, up to a certain amount. Um, and, you know, making sure wellness and um, we have wellness Wednesdays and, and a lot of things that really show that we care about people more than just the money that they're making for the company um, and really caring about them as humans. And, um, you know, I, I don't personally have any real issues with this generation. I think they're really great and they're very transparent and passionate people um, that are really bought into what we're doing. Mm-hmm. It sounds like you've built an amazing place to work. Well, thank you. Congratulations. <laughs> I've learned you should a lot. write a book. You should, if you haven't, you should write a book on it. You're sweet, Rachel. Thank you. So what's in, last question, what's in the future for Betts? Yeah. So, you know, as I had mentioned, um, you know, we've been developing our, you know, tech business and, you know, really allowing a more scalable solution for companies to be able to build and scale and grow. And our just-in-time model of, you know, getting in touch with talent at the right time about the right opportunities with AI and all the things. So we're really focusing on that and bringing as much of the ethos and energy from our incumbent services business into the tech, which is what makes it even more amazing because there's a lot of tech companies out there in recruiting that, um, you know, don't really ever end up taking off because they don't really understand that this is a human to human um, type of interaction. So um, yeah, scaling up the tech business and uh, continuing to grow and, um, and yeah, I mean, I think I think that's the big, the big thing for us right now is is continuing to build that out and really retaining those customers. And we, our net retention is awesome. And so making sure that those experiences for our tech tech customers are just and most of them actually, which is amazing, um, are more successful, quicker time to hire, and. Um, you know, and higher NPS even than our incumbent service business, which has, you know, all those things are, are also really great. So, yeah. Um, yeah. That's awesome. Well, your energy is infectious around your work. So I uh, really oh. appreciate you infecting all of us with uh, <laughs> that positive energy. Well, thank you for having me. It was great to chat with you and have a great rest of your week. Where is the best place uh, as we wrap up for people to reach out to you, companies to reach out to you and get to know more about that? Yeah, LinkedIn is a great, you know, I'm on there. Um, and then also just my email, Carolyn, uh, C-A-R-O-L-Y-N at Betts, B-E-T-T-S, recruiting.com. Awesome. Thanks so much, Carolyn. Thanks, Rachel. I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Business of You. If you found a little dose of inspiration or learned something new, please leave a review and share it with a friend or even two. Interested in building your brand and business? Tune in next time to The Business of You podcast. And remember, there's only one you. You're the biggest differentiator your business has. Until next time, friends.